Welcome to a Millennial's Guide to Real Estate Investing. Here is your host, Antoine Martel. Welcome back to Real Estate Investing Q&A with Antel Martel. I'm Antel Martel. Um, this is episode number four with a new camera. I'm going through all your guys' DMs. Um, if you want your question answered on the next episode, DM me at Martel Antoine. I'm going through right here. Got everybody's DMs going. I just posted it on Instagram for people to ask new questions, so hopefully I can reload and get some new questions in here, but I still have 87 DMs that <laughs> of your guys' questions that I'm trying to go through, and I think this was the best way because I know that if one person asks me a question over DM, there's probably a hundred other people that have the same question. So hopefully this platform will help answer a lot of your guys' questions. Um, but if you want one of your questions answered on the next episode, feel free to DM me, please do, um, and so I can answer it. Just try to keep it short and sweet. So um, the huge ones are hard for me to answer because there's like paragraphs and like explaining your life and your background and the context which is good but if you have any short sweet to the point questions that i can read off those make my life a lot easier so let's get into it let me find the first question and we'll take it away all right question number one comes from maya hey i noticed you talk a lot about investing in real estate but out of state i live in new york and want to invest in some properties in detroit do you have any tips on things to watch out for so Detroit's a good market. Um, one of my friends actually has a turnkey company there. But there are a lot of things that I would watch out for in Detroit. One of them is the high crime. Um, and one of them is, really the biggest thing is gonna be the high crime. Um, I would watch out for that. There's a ton of neighborhoods and tons of pockets of neighborhoods that just are not very good that a lot of people are gonna try to sell you on because the prices are extremely low. There's also a lot of tax sales where the city is literally selling properties for like $1,000, $3,000. I would watch out for those. If the returns are extremely high at 12, 15% cap rates, uh, I would definitely watch out because something is wrong, right? Um, if it's too good to be true in Detroit, then I would stay away from it. Um, that would just be one of my words of advice. There are a lot of suburbs of Detroit and of Detroit Metro that I would recommend um, that have no crime, that are very safe, but then the issue is gonna be the cash flow. Um, I think those properties are gonna be worth over $100,000, which therefore is gonna be harder for you to cash flow. So just make sure you're running your numbers, stay away from the high crime areas, um, and I think that over the next 10 or 20 years, Detroit's gonna have a comeback. Um, so that's gonna be very interesting to watch and I wanna be a part of it too. I just wouldn't recommend it right now because I think it's too far out. Uh, and there's still a lot of unknowns about Detroit. There's tons of other markets that are on the come up that I think are gonna happen before Detroit does. So go into Detroit with a long-term mentality if you are going to invest in Detroit. All right, question number two comes from Henry Wolf. Hey, I've been watching your videos. I wanted to know, do you start flipping houses first or buying rentals? I'm trying to start purchasing low-cost homes and once I have several move into multifamily. I think that's a great strategy. The way that I started was I had 40,000 bucks in the bank. Well, me and my dad had 40,000 bucks in the bank. We realized that investing in California real estate was too expensive, it didn't make much sense. So we had to go find a market where we can have cash flow and we can also 
get a property within our budget and our budget was 40 grand. That's all the money we had. So we can either use that as a down payment or buy the house fully in cash. So what we did, we ended up finding Memphis, Tennessee, where we can buy a house for 30 grand, renovate it for 10,000 bucks. And then it was worth 60, 70 grand after, and we can do a refinance and pull all that money out. So what would be to call today as the Burr strategy, which is buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. That's essentially what we did. Um, and I started slowly growing up a portfolio in that way, doing the burst strategy, burst strategy over and over again. Once I had a sufficient portfolio, friends and family started reaching out to me to buy rental properties from the family portfolio. We started selling those properties to friends and family so they can grow a portfolio. We would make profit on that, and that's what we use to slowly get into multifamily. Um, so now we have that turnkey company, which still helps families invest in single family homes, get their feet wet, and that does around 100 homes a year. We take all that cash, not all of it, but take that cash and then invest into multifamily is what we're starting to get into as well. Um, the issue with going into multifamily first is that it's very cash intensive. It takes a lot of money. Um, I always say that you know we bought a 20 unit apartment building for a million dollars put 350K down, 200K in renovation, it's 500 grand right there just to buy one 20 unit building, which is relatively small, right? $550,000 where you can buy a duplex or single family home out of state and be out of pocket 20, 25 grand. So it's a great introduction into real estate investing. I would highly recommend it. All right, this question comes from Stu. Uh, the homes you're making are absolutely beautiful, thank you. Uh, do you mind asking me what you look for in an up and coming neighborhood? Um, so up and coming neighborhoods are actually very easy to spot. Um, normally the property management company is going to know the certain neighborhoods, where it's happening, where the young millennials or professionals are moving in, what neighborhoods are gentrifying, where there's new developments, where Starbucks is building a new Starbucks, where the local coffee shops are, where, you know, those kinds of things. So I would definitely go and ask a property manager what neighborhood they think is up and coming, what neighborhood they think is gentrifying, where are the college students living, where are the young professionals who are living in their first apartment, where are they living, right? So I would ask them first and then I would take that information and go drive around the different neighborhoods. And you can see, I mean, there's, neighborhoods all across the country where you drive by and you are just driving through the, the retail area and you're like, I know this place is going to be hot in the next 10 years or five years once all the retail spaces get filled out, right? Um, so especially if, you, if you're a millennial or a young professional and you're looking at these neighborhoods and driving to these neighborhoods, I mean, is that a place that you would live in? If you were to move to that market, would you live there um, compared to the other parts of town um, because it does have things that are attractive to you. Um, and then also you can go into a lot of the retail places and look at who's sitting in the coffee shops. What kind of people are sitting there? Um, are they young professionals? Are they, do they have their laptops out? Are they working on their startups? Um, so there's a lot of ways that you can do it. Um, but the best way is asking property management, taking that info and then go driving those neighborhoods. And once you drive those neighborhoods, very telling, um, you'll know that a neighborhood is up and coming um, just by driving through it. And you can see like that it's already starting to happen with the yoga studio, the gluten-free vegan, you know, restaurants, right? Um, so that's what I would, I would look for. Um, but it's very easy to spot once you find the neighborhood, it's just hard to pin, you know, you're not going to drive every single street, right? So ask property management to get it narrowed down and take it from there. All right, here's a question that comes from Cheyenne. I have a quick question. I'm interested in getting an LLC in Wyoming and conducting real estate business in other states. I know you sometimes 
have to foreign file to do business. Does real estate transactions fall under guidance forming a foreign LLC? Great question. So for a lot of my markets, no, for my markets, I only did the research on my markets. I don't know which market you're trying to get into. I would recommend creating an LLC in Wyoming for real estate, no matter what market you're going to invest it in. Um, I make all my C's on a website called Incorp, I-N-C-O-R-P.com. That's where I would recommend creating an LLC. Um, for foreign filing, you're really going to have to ask a real estate attorney, hopefully on the ground. What I would recommend is going to a, um, an escrow company or a title company in the market that you're trying to invest in, right? So Cleveland, Ohio, um, there's a bunch of title companies. I would go to them and ask them, hey, I have an LLC. I'm trying to buy real estate in your market. Um, do I need a foreign file? Do I need to register my LLC with your market? Cleveland, Ohio is the only market where I have to register my LLC um, to be able to own and operate real estate assets in that market. I don't have to foreign file with the state of Ohio. I have to tell the city that I'm buying assets in their city um, or else they fine you and stuff like that. So I would go and ask the title company. That's something you can do at closing. I wouldn't worry about it till the very end. It's very easy to foreign file. It takes a couple of days and a hundred bucks, a couple hundred bucks. So don't worry about that. Don't let that stop you from going and buying real estate. I would focus instead on just creating the first LLC um, and then figure out the foreign filing thing later at the closing table. Cause you're gonna use an escrow company to close anyway. So while you're going through that transaction, ask the title company if that's something that's gonna be required of you. And so that's how I would do it. All right, here's a final question from Jacob. I just moved out to Hawaii for college. I'm super interested in rentals, single family, multifamily. I just turned 18 and don't have much capital actually starting from the actual bottom. Any advice, I'd love to pick your brain. So Jacob, you're 18 years old, you're in college, you want to invest in real estate. Uh, sounds like me when I was 18. Um, so what I did is I learned as much as I possibly could about real estate and real estate investing for the next couple of years until you graduate. Um, and then what I did is I created a plan with the people that I knew and the close circle around me, which was essentially my dad. Um, and if you don't have a dad who has a little bit of money saved up or doesn't have any interest in real estate at all, you're gonna have to find that person, right? It can be an uncle, it can be somebody on bigger pockets, somebody you met networking, right? And what I would recommend is learning as much as you possibly can, finding what, what interests you the most about real estate investing, which style of real estate investing interests you the most. Is it flipping houses? Is it wholesaling? Is it apartment building investing? Um, and then trying to find a mentor if you possibly can. I'm not sure about in Hawaii, it's probably gonna be a little bit harder. But there are still a lot of people flipping houses in Hawaii. There's just not a lot of apartment building or rental properties. Prices don't make sense, right? So I would learn as much as you possibly can, figure out what niche you wanna focus on, and then use the next couple of years to be an expert in that niche. Don't learn a lot about wholesaling, a lot about flipping houses, a lot about multifamily. It's gonna take way too long and you're gonna be scattered. Find a niche and learn as much as you possibly can about that, and then have a plan for once you graduate to actually go and execute that plan. So you're gonna to have to raise money for that plan, find the properties, find a team, build the team, right? So you really need to know all the different things about that strategy that you're gonna go and implement. And look around you, look at your resources. Who do you know? Who has some money saved up? Who's interested in real estate investing? And who can you pull together to help execute that plan? Um, and so that's what I did and continue to live below your means. 
don't get ahead of yourself. Um, put all the money back into more and more deals and more and more networking. Uh, networking is probably the one thing I would have done a little bit more when I started off. Uh, I started doing it very heavily and then kind of took a break because I thought I was good. Um, as soon as I started going back and networking and now I'm networking 24-7 um, and people are calling me all day long, scheduling phone calls with you know guys who follow me on Instagram and stuff like that. So. Networking 24-7, get your name out there, but first you have to become an expert. So put in the time, learn as much as you possibly can, listen to my podcast, um, do whatever you can to keep on learning about real estate and real estate investing. All right, so that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening or watching if you're on YouTube. Um, I'm trying to do one of these every single week, so please continue to come back. Please subscribe if you're on YouTube. Please subscribe to the podcast if you're on the podcast. Um, please give me a thumbs up. And if you want your question answered on the next episode, please go to my Instagram. My Instagram is Martel Antoine, and you can DM me your question there. Hopefully I'll get to you. Um, but thanks so much for watching and see you on the next one.